they might have seen feminine energy as the wild woman, but now they can go, oh, I do have feminine energy. I'm just more in the huntress, which is still feminine. It's just a different aspect of feminine energy, right? They can kind of start to recognize where they are as opposed to think that feminine energy is something foreign. A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise. Keep going and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own version of success. Welcome to the Boss Babe Podcast, the place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance, and learning how to balance it all. I'm Danielle Canty, co-founder of Boss Babe, and your host for this week's episode. Now, before we begin, I just want to say, like, what inspires me the most to do this podcast time and time again is the different conversations that I have because being an ambitious woman looks different in so many ways. Sometimes we want to discuss skill sets. Sometimes we want to discuss mindset. Sometimes we want to think, discuss things like our health and our relationships. And occasionally we want to talk about feminine power and what that is. So if you love this podcast and all of its variety and you know another ambitious woman, I just want you to take a second just to share this episode with her or to share another one of your favorite episodes with her because this is how we spread the word. This is how we support more women. And I'm just so, so grateful because I know loads of you do that anyway. But if you can, just take a minute and forward it to someone you know who would love this episode. Now, before we dive into this one, this one's a little bit different. I'm not going to lie. Mel Wells is a health and eating psychology coach. She is a speaker. She is a body image expert, but also she is the best-selling author of The Goddess Revolution. And I've known Mel for years. She is actually a client of ours initially, but I follow her on social media. And she talks about feminine power and what that is. And for me observing, I was like, what is this? What does this mean? I was like, wow, if I'm thinking this, other women are thinking this too. And I think it's important for us to connect with our bodies, connect with who we are, connect with our intuition. I've heard this mentioned on so many episodes that I've done with incredibly successful women about that gut instinct. And this is what we're going to be discussing on this episode. So it's a little bit different, but I promise you, you're going to love it. We're going to talk about the seven archetypes of a woman that there is. I'll get vulnerable and where I think I am on that and really how we can harness our inner power, our inner strength to be and you'll hear that whole conversation between doing and being. So I really hope you love this. It's different to what we've done before, but I would love for you to share your feedback. Tag me at Danielle Canty and tag at bossbabe.inc because I love to hear the thoughts and what this sparks for you. So let's dive right in. Okay, so Mal, I feel like there are going to be two types of women watching this podcast. Ones who are like, unlock my feminine force. Yes, I've been waiting for this podcast forever. <laughs> I want to know how to do this. And others, which I'm kind of in this camp, like, uh, what the hell is feminine force, feminine power, all these words? Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Is this some woo-woo shit? Right. It sounds like really <laughs> fluffy if you're in that camp. It sounds like it's this kind of alien, foreign yeah. place. Like I need to be dancing around a fire and like chanting and like <laughs> I'm expecting yeah. these things. I mean, we can totally do that if we want to do that. And also we don't have to do that. Feminine power is something that exists in all of us, especially in women, but all of us have masculine and feminine energies within us. However, we have all been raised in a patriarchal 
culture for the last 5,000 years, which is way before any of us have, have can remember, right? So that just means that we have been raised in a way, in a world that really prioritizes masculine values, which means we have naturally seen masculine power, masculine energy as dominant and strong and feminine power or feminine energy as more weak. It's seen as weak to rest. It's seen as weak to surrender. And so a lot of when we say like, oh, do I have to be dancing around a fire and all of this? It's like, oh, that sounds weak. That doesn't sound like what a strong woman does. Wow. Okay. Because Mm -hmm. it's not, it's the softness, but there's strength in our softness. Okay. So I want to just bring it back a second because I feel like also one of the big learnings that I've had is we're starting to talk about feminine power and I feel like, okay, cool. We're going to get to that power bit. But I guess even there's a question of like, what is femininity? Like what is Mm -hmm. masculine energy? What is feminine energy? Because even the way you're describing it, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Like you're saying male, dominant, et cetera. And like, so let's, can we just go back to like, what are these different energies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the masculine and feminine energies are literally the energies of the universe. It's yin and yang, right? Feminine and masculine. It's sun and moon. It's black and white. It's father sky and mother earth, right? It's these opposites. It's Shiva and Shakti. So this is not a male and female only thing. These are the energies that exist throughout time and space, throughout the universe, right? So how I like to think of it is if you imagine like a glass of water, like we have here, the glass is the masculine, which is Mm -hmm. the structure, the container. The water inside is the feminine, which is the flow. It's the fluidity, right? If you imagine the ocean, the ocean is feminine. The rock that the ocean crashes up against is masculine because it's steady, it's stable, it's strong, it's sturdy, it doesn't move. And if you imagine the male and female genitalia, we have the male, the penis, which is linear. It's like a line. If you look Mm -hmm. at the shape of it, the female is more round, right? It's an oval, it's a circle. And this is like really representative and symbolic of the energies of masculine and feminine. The masculine energy is a lot more linear and direct, goes in a straight line, Mm -hmm. point A to point B, show me the way to go. I'm going to go straight there. The feminine is cyclical by nature, right? We go around, we have seasons just through our menstrual cycle. Each month we go through all these different seasons of woman, of who we are, of feminine energy. So really to honor our feminine energy is to honor the cycles, the seasons, which our body naturally has and takes us through. So my understanding is it's not fair to say a man only has masculine energy and a woman only has feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And within all of us, there is balance of masculine and feminine energy. Absolutely. Yes. Talk to me about that. Yes. Yeah, so like the masculine part of us is the thinker, the doer, the strategizing side of us, the what the logical side of us, the side of us that wants to do the things and get things done, right? The feminine side of us is the feeler the emotions, the intuition, the part of us that wants to flow, the part of us that wants to experience life, the part of us that wants to just be in our being. So masculine is more about what we're doing. Feminine is more about who we're being. Ooh, masculine is about what we're doing. Feminine is about what we're being. Right. And if we look at the way that we have really looked at success in the world Mm -hmm. up till now, we have really idealized success to be demonstrative of what we're doing. 
right? How much we can get done, how much we're achieving. It's all about productivity. Whereas a feminine model of success is more about who are we being as a person, right? Who are we being? This is so enlightening to me right now. And I'm having all of these things start clicking into place. I do have a question on this. And Mm -hmm. I also think I'm really good at doing this interview because I feel like I'm where a lot of people are at. Like I actually am really curious about this because it's not really something I've like dove into all that much. Mm -hmm. And so I guess one of my questions is, okay, so we have like this masculine part of us and some of us might have more masculine energy so I'm just talking about women at this point might have more masculine energy than feminine energy and is that why some might be like more direct or favor certain like if I'm like into more maths and science how do I have more masculine energy versus if I'm into arts and creativity and that's more feminine energy I'm curious Mm. it's like how this is also seen and like how we go through our transition as we're coming into adulthood or industries that they that we choose. Yeah, yeah. So I think one of the traps that women can fall into is they immediately want to label themselves and be hard on themselves and be like, oh my God, I'm way more masculine. Like I'm definitely more of a masculine woman, right? And this is something that I did as well because when I started learning about this, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm more masculine. I definitely like, how do I become more feminine, right? And so I just want to say like, you don't need to become more or less of anything, right? You are absolutely the way that you are meant to be. We're not necessarily born with with more masculine, more feminine. We all have both. It's just where are we choosing to nurture? Which energy are we choosing to nurture? And which, you know, if we see our feminine energy as weak, we're not going to lean into it more, right? We're going to lean into the more masculine side of us. So yes, if you are a woman listening, you definitely do have feminine energy. You definitely do have feminine traits. It's just maybe you haven't prioritized those. Maybe you haven't leaned into those because maybe you've seen them as weak or soft or not as good as the more masculine ones. That is so interesting. And I wonder if like in some circles as well, it's because that you know, if you've been around like maybe like some of the school structures, et cetera, that are maybe even created a lot predominantly by men, et cetera, like they're leaning this like emphasis on some of those types of behaviors or some of those structures versus like, okay, because it's really interesting actually when you start thinking about it, like what makes you good at school? Like the fact that you get grades and do this stuff versus like, we don't measure happiness at school. Right. Like, or being comfortable with yourself at school or leaning into, okay, well, I'm actually really not feeling great today. So therefore I'm going to have like a slower day like there's no there's no allowance for that it's like rigid it's process and I know don't get me wrong there's schools that do different I know that but like obviously a lot of mainstream schooling particularly in the UK and US it's like very like restricted and regimented Mm, absolutely so it doesn't even encourage us to nurture it right exactly like if we had all been raised with lessons in schools such as emotional intelligence you know if we were taught like how to listen to our intuition how to describe our feelings then we wouldn't be so results-based logics. You know, we would be able to really listen to ourselves a lot more. So we've discussed like what masculine energy looks like, what feminine energy looks like. This whole podcast we wanted to do with you because, you know, so many of us really like 
hide away that kind of flow side of us or, you know, focus on the doing versus the being. And Mm. that doesn't always lead us to the best feelings or we might be getting burnout or just generally feeling low self-confidence because we're doing, 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 or we measure our beings on the doings and therefore that's a vicious circle in itself. So I really (laughs) want to talk about, first of all, you were talking to me before about female archetypes Mm -hmm. and I want to understand like what they are and then how that comes into play between masculine and feminine? Yeah, absolutely. So first off, you know, I just want to give everyone a really key uh, indicator as to like how they can really tap more into their feminine energy, because you were saying like people can get prone to burnout. The reason we get prone to burnout when we are very much in our masculine energy is because we're in our minds rather than in our bodies. So if you think of the masculine as being in the mind, the thinking, The body is more the feminine, it's the feeling. So if we can be tapped into our body more, if we can be really listening to the signals of our body, if we can be honoring our cycle each month, if we can be tuning into our intuition, paying attention when we are tired, sleepy, like all of the different signs that our bodies give us, that's like a really good first step for people, you know? maybe practicing like honoring the different seasons of the menstrual cycle. For example, when you're on your period, not pushing in a launch, you know, but deciding actually I might reschedule this. I might take my first couple of days off my period off, you know, something that I recently introduced in my team was like, everyone can take the first day of their period off work so that they can really rest and honor their bodies. So I just want to say that because I think when people get burned out, it's because they're not listening to their body. And really listening to your body is like principle number one. You know what, as well, like I've done several podcasts with some incredibly successful women, one being which Jamie Kern Lima, who founded It Cosmetics. And I don't want to speak to like the balance that she has between masculine and feminine or any of that. But what she did say on that podcast was listen to your intuition. And she did a lot of that with It Cosmetics. Like she was telling me like how she would like, okay, well, this might be what someone's saying, but what does my intuition tell me? What does exactly. my gut tell me? Yes. And so I think that's really actually, I think we have this like power within us that I know personally, like I've turned, I turned off like when I was a kid and then now I'm getting more to that point of like, oh, I like check in with myself and listen to like, what does my gut instinct say about this decision we have to make for the business or this person we're hiring or even this mm. relationship, whatever that is. So I think that's really powerful, just reminding all of us that we get to like have that gut instinct. And actually, let's just take that one step further. So before we go into the archetypes, intuition, gut instinct, mm. what does that feel like for people who are in a position where they're like, mm, I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Like, I don't know how to tune into my gut. Like, what does that feel like for a lot of people? Yeah, I think it feels like a quiet knowing from deep within. And I think when we're faced with a decision to make, we often have two roads to take. We have the road that makes the most logical sense, or we have the road that just feels right. And we can't describe why, and we can't really explain why that is. It just feels right. And sometimes we go into situations that just feel wrong and we can't, we don't know why on paper, everything looks great, but it just doesn't feel right inside of us. That is our intuition. Mm, So like, just like saying, okay, not quite sure what they're going to, does that mean there's like no rationality to it? Exactly. Often it doesn't make sense to the logical mind, but it is a feminine superpower. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't need to make logical sense. It's just that it's that power. It's that intuitive knowing. And, you know, we can practice 
like harnessing the power of our intuition every day. We can decide to intuitively eat rather than be on a diet, right? We can intuitively walk out of our apartment onto the street and die. Why do I feel like going, you know, should I go right or should I go left? And just let your intuition guide you. Should I go to this coffee shop or should I go to the juice bar? Like what feels right intuitively, right? What do I, what does my body feel like today? Right. That's all it is. It's just following feelings. And I, I, I think that's actually just, you just given some really great examples actually of how to start following your feeling with like things that are not actually big decisions, but just like, oh, I'm just going to like do this today. Like, I'm not going to plan anything for my day. I'm going to just see how I feel. And I think a lot of people relate and be like, oh, I, I actually can do that. And I do do that on a Sunday. I just follow my feelings versus like have everything planned out and just really leaning into that. And maybe like say, asking that question, I'm like, what do I want to do? And then like feeling within you like, oh, it feels like this. So I want to move forwards with that plan. Yeah. And like hiring is a really great example, right? You've got two candidates who both have amazing skill sets. Maybe one has more experience than the other, different backgrounds. But like, what does your intuition say? Your intuition is going to pull you towards one of them. And it might not make sense. The, the other person might have more skills, be more experienced, but you're just like, I don't know why, but this person feels like the right one. My hope is for people listening to this that now they're starting to realize how much they do listen to their intuition sometimes. Because I also feel yes. like this comes into play with like friends. Like if your friend brings home like a new guy or like someone in your second, you're like, mm, there's something not right. Mm-hmm. That I don't know what it is, but there's just something not right about that person. Mm-hmm. That is intuition. Yes. And I feel like women have that. And that is your feminine power. I love it. Okay, so... Talk about these archetypes because I think mm. if people understand this, there's seven archetypes. Mm-hmm. If people understand that, then like, again, we're getting closer to what does it mean to unlock that power? Yeah. So don't want to overwhelm anyone with this information, but it really helped me understand feminine energy a lot more because I think a lot of people, when they hear the word feminine, especially if they feel like they are not feminine, they conjure up this image in their head of like, oh, I need to be wearing flowy dresses all the time. I need to be dancing uh, on Instagram or around a fire or whatever it might be, right? Oh, I need to be softer or more uh, sensual or whatever it might be. When I discovered the Jungian archetypes, I found it just just to be a lot more, just to have a lot more nuance and a lot more layers to feminine energy. So this is from the, the Jungian psychology principle. So there's seven archetypes and these archetypes are like a blueprint in the collective unconscious. So it's like deeply embedded in our psyche, these different spirits of feminine energy. And there's also male masculine archetypes as well, but we're going to just focus on the feminine today. So there's the maiden, there's the mother, there's the wild woman or the mystic, the lover, the wise woman or the crone, the huntress and the queen. Okay. So if you, if you can kind of, as you hear me say these archetypes, everyone can kind of feel into the characteristics of each of those, but I can go deeper into those if you would like me to. I would love you to. So just repeat them. <laughs> we've got the maiden. So I want to just like, we're going to say them again and just feel yeah. like already, okay, which one am I gravitating to? And then let's go yeah. down to them I'll as well. I'll describe them. So, yeah. so you've got the maiden, the mother, the wild woman, the lover the wise woman, the huntress, and the queen. Okay, so 
The maiden, we start there. Yes, let's start with the maiden. So the maiden is youthful. She's playful. She's innocent. She is, she has vitality. She's very much like fresh and young and ready, like wants to socialize. She's like this, this playful energy, right? But she's also quite innocent. It's the shadow of the maiden. And there's a shadow side to all of the archetypes. The shadow of the maiden is she can be very dependent. She can be naive. And if you, if you imagine like the damsel in distress character, she's kind of looking for a savior. She's waiting for someone to come along and make everything better, mm. right? Like Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, these so Disney princesses. this woman might be the type of woman that's like looking maybe for a partner that's going to solve her problems. Exactly. Or a coach or a business mentor, right? We can relate okay. all of these back to entrepreneurship mm-hmm. as well. So okay. Maiden is like... Like seeing the ro- seeing the world through rose tinted glasses a little bit. Okay, is this also the type of person that puts other people on pedestals a lot? Yes. Okay, so they're like, okay, well, this person, like over there, this that business journey looks easier than that. Mm-hmm. And if I was just doing that, that would be easier. If if only I was there, then everything would be better. Then okay. my world would change. I also love that we're relating this to business as well. Yes. Like I'm like, okay, this is like re- really good. So, okay. That person is like all about the coaches. Someone else is going to answer me or vice versa. The gra- Or the grass yeah. is green over there. And so, okay. She hasn't a- discovered her true power yet. Okay. So she's, look, she's putting her power elsewhere. Okay. So that's the maiden. Yes. Then we've got the mother. Yes. The mother is, I mean, it's the mother, right? So nurturing, caring, loving, huge heart, giving, you know, connected to nature, her body, the shadow side of the mother, overgiving, feeling lack of appreciation, putting others needs before her own, neglecting herself along the way. Right. Mm. And so the shadow side of the mother can also be, you know, when a mom cares so much that it can become controlling. Got it. Right. So if we lead this back to business entrepreneurship, the shadow of the mother, like the mother in entrepreneurship can be cares so much, has such a huge heart, wants to take care of everyone really incredible to her clients, but can be over like over giving and then puts herself last. Interesting. So this is like the type of person that maybe is like the CEO or business owner that gets, helps out so much that actually it stops the people in the team really learning the lessons that they Mm -hmm. need to learn. So maybe they're like, you know, not being, they're not actually being given that accountability or the able to hold their role properly because she's like always diving in to support. Yeah. It's like too much handholding. It's like a mother has to tie her child's shoelaces up to a point where she says, now you have to do it by yourself. I've right? taught you in, um, so many times. Now you just go and do it. Yeah. On your own. So okay. if you are attracting a lot of clients into your business who you are needing to hold their hand a lot, it's probably because you have a lot of that mother mm. energy, right? And actually you could do to kind of pull back from that and that will empower them to really step up for themselves. Okay. The wild woman. Yeah. So the wild woman is also known as the mystic. Mm -hmm. So the wild woman is like the rebel. She's like the one that's kind of dancing to the beat of her own drum, making up her own rules, um, not going to follow anyone else's way of doing things. It's also known as the mystic. So very connected spiritually. 
very tapped into her intuition and um, she's just a freedom seeker, right? So these are the digital nomads. These are the entrepreneurs that are just like winging it, flying by the seat of their pants. But the shadow side of that can be like unable sometimes to commit to one thing, one place, one project, fl- flitting all over the place. I can already <laughs> tell you which entrepreneurs are falling into which bucket. The maiden is like the type of person that they keep saying they're going to start a business, but they're waiting for something to like, tr- they're blaming for factors around them of why they haven't started it because nothing's been fully perfect or yes. or they keep t- kind of starting it but not really committing to any of them the mother is the type of woman who has a business that she cannot leave because it's so dependent on her and mm. she's created it that way so mm. it's like okay I'm going to surround myself I'm going to make sure everyone needs me in a way because I want to mother them, but then the business can't survive without her. And then the wild woman is like, you said that digital nomad, probably the person who just wants to be more freelancing, doesn't really want any responsibilities, wants to like flit around. Okay, this is super cool. (laughs) This is very cool now. Yeah, so we can see how they all relate to business Mm -hmm. and they all obviously play a huge role in our relationships as well. You know, we can see that like, we might have been in the maiden when it comes to relationships, like waiting for a guy or a, or a girl to come along and save us. We might have been the mother role in our relationship, like over-mothering our partner, right? So they all show up in relationships. They show up in business, in work, all over the place. I mean, when you start learning about these archetypes, you really spot them. Yeah, I have so many questions. I want to hear the <laughs> other ones. The next one was lover. Yeah, so the lover is, if you imagine like Marilyn Monroe, Angelina Jolie, very sensual, very pleasure-driven, beauty-driven, it's all about the the feel, the aesthetic. It's all about the experience. It's passion. It's creatrix. creatrix. It's like the artist, right? So mm. this woman is very much driven by, I just want to do what I love, right? I just want to do what I'm passionate about. I just want to do what I love and very driven by what's beautiful. Very tapped into her sensuality and her sexuality as well. And then the shadow side of that is the lover can be, can need a lot of validation, can need to feel admired and adored. Ooh, okay. So they might have like significant, Tony Robbins talks about significance being really high. Mm -hmm. Do they want to like, they're maybe having like false metrics in what they're doing. It's all about the audience that sees me this way. Exactly. I need to be seen. I need Mm -hmm. to be adored. You know, if this is, you know, the lover is very embodied in her sensuality and sexuality. She may lean into this a little too much, right? She may Mm -hmm. lean into it to gain power and control. Okay. So we can see this in relationships. The shadow of the lover is the seductress, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And then the wise woman? The wise woman is also known as the crone or the teacher. So this is the this is the woman that's just so dedicated to growth and education and learning. She's all about like her her healing and her growth. She is often in the teacher role. She's often a mentor to maidens on the journey. And then the shadow of the wise woman can be the hermit. So she can kind of lock herself away. She can be quite isolated from the world because she doesn't really care so much about being out in the world and socializing. She'd rather just kind of hide away, read her books, study, grow, do her inner work. 
Yeah. Okay. I'm seeing. I'm seeing some things come out here as well. I'm like, okay. I could be a bit of that. I could be a bit of this one. Okay. The Huntress. Yep. So the Huntress is. I always imagine Wonder Woman for the Huntress, right? So if you imagine the Huntress, it's like she's got the bow and the arrow, and she's firing. Like she knows where she's going. She knows what she's aiming at. Mm-hmm. So she's the high achiever. She's a very ambitious woman. So she's Probably like goal-driven. Goal-driven, exactly. Probably a lot of listeners are have a lot of huntress energy, right? Because they're ambitious. They have their goals. They know where they're going. They're natural leaders. They're very independent. They are the activists of the world. They are the feminists of the world. You know, they're making a change. They want to create a new world. They're the revolutionaries. The shadow side of the huntress can be the hustler, right? Prone to burnout, Mm. not able to ask for help, too independent for their own good, unable to open their heart, can be afraid of intimacy, letting others in, letting others take the lead, losing control. You know, control can be a big piece for the huntress archetype. So, um... Yeah, (laughs) that's the hundreds. Why is she saying all these things about me? (laughs) Although I also want to say, like, I see myself in others, so I'm curious about how these like play out. So last one is the queen. All of them, right? That's what I was going to say. Do we all have all of these? We do. Okay, let's do the queen and let's come back to that. Okay, so the queen is powerful leader Mm -hmm. on like following her divine mission. Her purpose is to be of service to the people, but she truly knows her worth. She has great boundaries. She is confident. She is fully embodied in her sovereignty. Mm-hmm. So she is, um, yeah, she's a natural leader, but unlike the huntress, she's not going to burn herself out. She knows mm-hmm. that she needs a team. She knows that she needs guides and mentors to fulfill her mission. Mm-hmm. So the and queen is, is the shadow side. The shadow of the queen can be the tyrant or the diva. Mm. So it's all about me. I'm superior, you know, kind of lacking that humility and relatability, can talk down to people, ordering people around. Kind kind of entitlement. So we kind of, we already know these characters when, when I speak this, it's like, oh yeah, I know that, right? It's like the good queen versus like the ice queen. Yeah. So the queen is a really good archetype for entrepreneurship and leadership because it invites us to practice heart-centered leadership. It invites us to really own our power and know our self-worth. And it reminds us that we can't do this alone. A queen is not trying to do everything by herself, right? She has a team around her. She has guides, mentors. She's able to sit on her throne rather than being on the front lines of the battlefield. So this is why like with with my clients that I work with on leadership coaching, we have a mastermind called the queendom because it's about stepping into your queen archetype. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design, and so much more. There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best. 
to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash bossbabe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash bossbabe, masterclass.com slash bossbabe. The other day, the team and I were talking about how much our audience loves biohacking. And whenever we release content based around creating better habits for our lifestyle and health, you all seem to really soak it up and request more. So I wanted to share about our podcast sponsor, Prolon, today because I've never seen a company like this. Prolon is a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making cells believe that they're fasting. There are so many strategic benefits to fasting and Prolon helps you hit these goals without actually needing to fast. Prolon's five-day program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all designed to keep your body in a fasted state. And you get everything pre-packaged, labeled, and ready to go, so there's no guesswork. It's super simple, and it works. Extended fasting of at least two to three days has proven to produce unique benefits like cellular rejuvenation, metabolic support, and increased cardiovascular health. So if you're ready for a fasting program that doesn't leave you hungry or exhausted and instead gives you more energy, I highly recommend giving Prolon a try. Right now, Prolon is offering Boss Babe podcast listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash boss babe. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash boss babe for this special offer. Prolonlife.com slash boss babe. Interesting. Okay. So with these seven archetypes then, so I know a lot of people are listening, but like, oh my goodness, that is me to a T. And then, then you say another one, they're like, how many, but I have bits of those. Like, so is it that we tend to embody one thing? Is it we intend to embody like three of them or percentages and some, or we have all of them within us? Like, I'm just really curious as to like how this plays out. Like, you know, when I do, we talk about the Enneagram a lot. Like I know that I'm a three, but then I also have a follow-up of a seven and an eight, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm a achiever and then I have some enthusiast in me and then a challenger. So I know I have like, those are my top three. So is it like that where most people have like top two, like three archetypes that they really embody? Cause like, you know, I don't really relate to the maiden and I don't really relate too much to the lover either. Mm. So I'm like curious as to, or the wild woman. I think I'm more like mother- Wise woman, huntress, queen. I think mm. I embody those ones more. I feel you have a lot of queen. Thanks, huh? Yeah. I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I developed a report that you can do on my website, which is like shows you what your dominant archetypes are. So it'll say like you are 40% mother, 10% lover, 10% queen, whatever it might be, right? But as we do the work and as we start to heal these different archetypes and start to lean in more to certain archetypes. And I can talk about that as well. And we start to heal the shadow and bring that into the light. We can start to shift, right? So a lot of people are very heavily in the maiden, right? And they can start to unpack that. They can start to do the work around it. And they can, if they desire to be more in their lover or be more in their queen, then they can make those shifts, you know? And I see this in my clients, they'll take the quiz and then like, Three months later, they'll do it again and it's completely shifted for them. Because they're aware of some of the things that they want to shift as well, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. How does the masculine and feminine energy conversation come into these archetypes? As part of these, like they do have masculine energy within all of them. Like mm-hmm. just trying to see how that earlier conversation translates into this. Mm, yeah. So this is just like different aspects to understand the feminine, right? So someone might believe that they are not 
feminine because they don't see themselves as, they, they might have seen feminine energy as the wild woman, but now they can go, oh, I do have feminine energy. I'm just more in the huntress, which is still feminine. It's just a different aspect of feminine energy, right? They can kind of start to recognize where they are as opposed to think that feminine energy is something foreign. So I guess the thing is like, there's no right or wrong of any of these. You're going to lean into whichever one is your most, you know, inherent, I guess. Mm -hmm. And if you want to change certain things in your life, you can lean into others if what your results that you're currently seeing, I don't want to be results in like a, you know, a success metric, but is in the sense of like how you're being, mm-hmm. I guess, which is what we were talking about earlier, like how you're feeling, how you're being, you get to explore changing some of those. Is that right? Yeah, is that fair to definitely. Say? Like even just acknowledging and identifying which of these archetypes we might have suppressed along the way, you know. Why do we think things like some of them have been suppressed? Are there ones that you see more suppressed than others and like the women yeah. that you come across? Definitely. I mean, again, it's a collective thing. It's a cultural thing. If we look at the archetypes of a woman that are more celebrated in our society, we have a lot more maidens and mothers and huntresses, right? We see a lot less of the wild woman and the lover because these archetypes are actually more feared. Wow. They're the two I said I least related to as well, which is interesting. Is that because maybe I have like, I'm embodying less of my feminine energy? So again, you you are absolutely embodying your feminine in the mother, in the queen, mm-hmm. in the ones that you are. It's just a different aspect. It's a different angle of feminine. Okay. So let's look at the archetypes of the wild woman mm-hmm. and the lover, mm-hmm. right? These are the ones that are the most triggering for people, right? Because our culture has kind of made us afraid of this kind of power, this wild woman power, this sexual power that we have as a woman is often we're afraid of it, right? We're afraid of fully unleashing that aspect of us. And so what happens, how we can tell which archetypes we have suppressed is we look at which archetypes we see in other women that trigger us. Oh, interesting. And let's describe what you mean by trigger. Mm -hmm. So yeah, let's say you see someone who is fully embodied in their lover archetype, right? Really embracing their sexual energy and they're showing up in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable, right? That's not to do with them. That's to do with your suppression of your lover energy and your sensual energy, right? So it's an opportunity for you to go, wow, like often the things that trigger us are, you know, the things that we actually most desire to lean into but it's just scary for us, right? Because we've rejected that part of ourselves. We've shut it away. We've gone, this is not lovable. This is not going to make me successful, or this is going to be a detriment to myself, my career, my relationships, et cetera. So especially the lover, especially the wild woman, these are the archetypes that actually women, we we need to lean into them more, right? And it's so interesting, like how that has played out actually in media and films. And like you're saying that, you know, a lot of it is, you know, been taught maybe is perhaps the right word. That's like, that is you, like if you're a lover archetype and you embody that um, sexuality and sensuality, you're a slut, you're a hoe, like all these things. But the reality is you're less easy to control. Interesting. (laughs) If you are in your maiden 
and we see that like a lot of women are being kept in their maiden it's just it's just easier to control yeah, their people a guy pleasers. will save you right so, like you see I mean if we think about the Disney shows that we were brought up on exactly and I'm really glad that they're really working at trying to like change these narratives but yeah I grew up on Cinderella Snow White Beauty and the Beast like all of these things all of the all of the female narratives that were being saved by a guy or they were searching for a male person who was solving their issues. Exactly. You know, and we've been taught that like a woman that has her boundaries and knows what she wants is a bitch. Mm-hmm. You know, no, she's just exercising her queen archetype, right? So if you are someone that shrinks around powerful women, you've suppressed your queen archetype. You're not stand, able to stand in your own power. That is so interesting. And I feel like, you know, what you were saying by being triggered by as well. Like I, I would love for like everyone to like listening to this is like, oh, well, you know, next time you are around someone that triggers you versus like having that emotion that it's like, they are the bad person or they have created this feeling for you, like really sit in that and be like, oh, why do I feel like this? What about this situation has caused me to feel X, Y, and Z? And I think that's really powerful because there's been a common theme recently on this podcast that I've had these conversations and I had one with Payal as well um, the other week. And it was like really taking responsibility for your own emotions. And I think, you know, Natty and I get asked a lot about our relationship and like why it's been successful. And that's one of our main answers is like we take responsibility for our emotions. Uh, You know, I don't blame her for how I feel and she doesn't blame me. And we get to share if something has triggered, but from a place that's like, oh, this is triggering for me. And I've really realized why it was like, can you support me in overcoming this and vice versa? But I think this is actually like missing in a lot of conversations around like no one makes you feel a certain way like you get to choose how you feel and you also get to change that like you may have triggers now that are not triggers in the future if you do the work on them absolutely and I think every woman that is a trigger for you is actually an invitation for you to step more into your power right that person is is being a mirror for you that's there for a reason, right? They're actually your your spiritual teacher of the moment. I'm curious, and I don't even know if you have the answer to this or know the answer, but, you know, as women, like, there has been this narrative of, like, women are bitches, like, women tear each other down, and my personal experience is not that. Like, I... I'm so blessed to work with the most amazing women. I've always like felt uplifted by women, had really, really good relationships. But I wonder where that comes from and whether that actually is a narrative that we have been sold and therefore it's like a self-perpetuating circle or or if it's like is experience with men like do men trigger each other like this too like like I'm just wondering like we're saying the triggers like is it because we have these narratives in media the wild woman the lover the maiden like these are all archetypes to be feared or to worry about and that is seen in media and so does that mean that more women are triggered by these archetypes and I guess what I'm getting at is like with the male archetypes I'm wondering if those same triggers like really exist or whether it's easier for men to be more imbalanced because they're not necessarily fed the same stories Mm. they're probably fed their own I think I'm just having an outward conversation (laughs) here you know well a couple of things come to mind so the first thing is the sisterhood wound right so women are naturally part of our feminine power is we're really good at building community we learn how to build community from a really young age you know I think it's like the age of three or four we're figuring out how to build community which means we learn to figure out like who's in the tribe and who's out of the tribe, which means a lot of us grew up 
feeling excluded from the tribe. A lot of us grew up having these kind of wounds around not fitting in, feeling excluded by women in our lives. And so we developed this, this wound around sisterhood and around feeling like we don't fit in, but it's not our fault, right? Another aspect of this is the witchcraft trials, right? We have the memories of the witchcraft trials, which still exist in all, in all of our bones, right? We still have this mm. ancestral memory. And when these trials were going on, it was, it was a case of like women had to um, turn in other women in order to save themselves from persecution, right? So we learn to turn other women in and say, this woman is a witch, therefore I, I can be saved, right? So we have this going on, which is also feeding into this, we can't trust other women. Women are going to stab us in the back, right? But in my experience, you know, when a woman actually becomes aware of herself and when a woman does the work to actually heal and love herself and she stops being such, she stops being so judgmental and self-critical of herself, then she can actually extend that love to other women. If a woman is constantly beating herself up, constantly judging herself, her biggest worst enemy, that then reflects onto the women in her life as well. So really the best thing we can do as a human, right? Not just as a woman is to just do the work, to just do the work on ourselves, to become self-aware, to take responsibility, to show up in our relationships as the best person we can in our friendships, being the kind of friend that we would like to attract, right? But it's really like, to me, it's it's all about self-love, right? When I started really loving myself, I didn't need to gossip. I didn't need to, I didn't look at other women and feel threatened as much because I was like, I love me. I appreciate my unique qualities. So I think, yes, there is a sisterhood wound that is unconscious, but when we do the work around it and we actually unpack that, we can show up as a great sister. And that's why now people like you and I, we have attracted amazing sisterhoods, amazing female friendships, because these women are women who are doing the work. Yeah, I actually think that's a really good point as well, because I think there can be like, I guess it comes down to that maiden sometimes like, oh, it's okay for them to have these female friendships or that doesn't happen for me. But I've said a few times on the podcast here, I think the biggest like change that if you want these things you embody the person that has those friendships or you you treat your friends how you want to be treated. So if you don't want your friends gossiping about you or if you are feeling like your friends don't go above and beyond for you, then lead by example, like go above and beyond, don't gossip, do those things. And I start thinking like if you start changing how you behave, it either means that people just naturally like select themselves out of your friendship groups or it means that you really like level up to where you want them to be and where you want to be too. Mm, absolutely. And you know, most of the time it's going to be the first one because we attract what we are, right? So when we start embodying that, we start attracting people who also are a match for that. Mm. And that's why when you are someone who's showing up in your heart, doing the work, you're naturally going to attract incredible friendships, incredible women, and you're not going to have that bitchy, judgy, gossipy energy around. It's it's a thing of the past. Mm. So I want to talk around like unlocking your feminine power in terms of business. So you've spoke about how you teach a lot of people to embody their queen, mm. but like for those listening who are like, well, okay, I'm hearing now I've learned about archetypes. Amazing. I didn't know this really existed. And I understand like what my powers are and maybe what my shadow selves are, but really like what a, how do I move forwards? Like how do I, you know, listen to my intuition more? How do I become more queen or less whatever that mm -hmm. they feel like they're really embodying? Like, 
what are like some next steps or next actions that they can take? Yeah. I mean, on one hand, it depends on which archetype you see yourself in, right? If you see yourself in the maiden a lot, you maybe have a lot of people pleasing energy. You're maybe kind of giving your power away. Then a step would for you would be to kind of take a step back and really like go, wow, like what would the queen side of me do, right? How can I step more into my power? How can I take on more responsibility and pave my own way rather than putting my power in someone else's hands, right? If you're seeing yourself a lot in the mother, which is like overgiving, neglecting yourself, maybe you can lean more into the lover, which is like deep self-care, pleasure, taking deep care of yourself, like following passions more. If you desire to lean more into the queen archetype, that would look like setting more boundaries in place, right? It might look like raising your prices. It might look like having a lot more spaciousness in your calendar so that you can actually take a step back from doing so much and actually doing less so that you can prioritize your being, your embodiment. You know, one of the biggest things for me was I was really in my huntress archetype, which meant I was just pushing myself to the limit, really pushing myself. I would set, I would set insane amounts of goals for one year. And when I actually decided to lean back and rest a little, I actually looked at those goals and I was like, actually, those are more three-year goals, but I'm trying to cram them into one year because I'm trying to prove myself, you know, I'm, I'm trying to push myself. But actually, a more loving approach would be to allow these goals to have a longer time frame, to allow myself more spaciousness, to allow myself to lean back and actually ask for more help rather than try and do everything myself. And so for me, that just like ability to just take my foot off the gas a little bit more allowed me to really just soften and be able to take in the more important things in life. I think when we're really in the huntress, our whole world becomes our work and our mission. And sometimes that means we can neglect relationships, family, friendships, health. And so I think for me, one of those things was really deciding to have a more balanced life by not going like 100% all in, push, push, push. I love you talking about that balanced life. And also, I think a lot of women listening to this will be like, oh, damn, she's right. I've done these goals. They're so big. And I'm, it kind of like, do you think sometimes like we can like force ourselves into archetypes? You know, mm-hmm. like by setting that three-year goal, like if you're not aware that you, it kind of forces you to be a huntress. Mm-hmm. Or like if you are, let's say, the wild woman and you have that life that, you know, like, oh, well, I'm not committing to these things. Like, I'm not, I want to travel. I want to do these things. Like, mm. encourage more of that side in you. Yeah. Like, do you think yeah. it's, like, fair to say that depending on, like, the environment that you can create for yourself and, like, being intentional about that, you can then, it'll bring out certain archetypes within you more. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, each of these archetypes play a really important role, right? And we can play with this and we can lean into different ones when it feels most beneficial for us. For example, if you have a launch coming up, you might be like, right, I really want to tap into my huntress this week, right? Mm -hmm. Because I have this goal. I'm going to go for it. Then when you are nurturing your clients, it's like, okay, actually the mother energy is really important now because I need to take care of my clients and really nurture this community that I've built, 
right? It might be that you're in a season of your business where it's going to really help you to be more in your wise woman energy, where you want to be focused on studying or teaching or just doing your own personal growth. I love that. I want to talk about your journey a little bit more as well. Like in the sense of like, how did you and why did you discover these archetypes? I want to hear about that because I also think that's really interesting. And I'm a really big believer in like, if people are listening to this episode, it's either because they always listen to them. Thank you very much. <laughs> or second of all, they've seen it on social or they've seen it on YouTube and they're like, hang on a minute. The title of this has caught their attention. And so they're looking for something. They're like looking to find out about their female feminine power and like what that means. So I'm curious what that journey was for you. Yeah. So I remember exactly where I was living. I was in London and I was like pushing forward, growing my business was I think like around the, you know, mid six figures mark. And I was like, really want to get to seven figures. And I was like, go, go, go coffee all the time, business, constant business podcasts in my ear. And I was just constantly on, right? There was no rest. And what I started to notice was every time I was catching up with someone and they said, how are you? I was always responding with overwhelmed, busy, stressed. And I was like, oh, this is not the reality that I actually want to create. And I noticed that I had this story in my head of once I hit my goals, once I get to seven figures, then I'll no longer be stressed. Then I'll no longer be overwhelmed. And what I started to notice and realize in myself was the more I would hit these goals, I would make these big achievements and I was still overwhelmed and still stressed and still just constantly busy. And so I started really thinking, wow, like if I was to hit seven figures, I would actually not be happy. I would still be busy, overwhelmed and stressed. And so when I discovered the conversation around masculine and feminine energy, it felt like it just really unlocked something in me. It felt like my body was starting to just hit its limit and was like really calling out for me to rest, for me to honor my body more, for me to not be just constantly running on adrenaline and stress and constantly pushing towards these goals. And I started really asking myself like, who am I doing this for? You know, what am I, what am I trying to prove here? Why, why do I find it so hard to just take a day off? Why do I find it so challenging to not be just constantly pushing forward. And my relationship was starting to suffer because I was in my masculine energy a lot of the time. And he was also in his masculine energy. And it was like these this two masculine energies together, like butting heads. And so I started to dive deep into this feminine archetype work. And I realized that, yeah, I had a lot of uh, huntress energy, but I was in like the shadow of that. And the shadow of the huntress can be, you know, you hit all these goals and they don't actually make you happy. They kind of lose their meaning because you've lost touch with enjoying your life. Everything has become about the goals. And so for me, like I started really slowing down, learning to honor my body, learning to honor the seasons and the cycles of my body. And it really looked like allowing some balls to drop, to be honest you know, allowing some things to go, okay, what I'm prioritizing like 20 things right now. What's actually important and what's actually not important? Why am I trying to do these 10 things all in this quarter, right? What can actually just be like shelved or pushed back? What, what is not actually important that I'm just like spending so much energy running around doing? So a lot of it was 
simplifying, which I know you are really big with, simplify to amplify. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, creating spaciousness was a big thing. Like I looked at my calendar and I just had no white space whatsoever. And I was like, no wonder I'm constantly on the edge of burnout. I mean, I would do launches and at the end of that launch, I would feel like I need to pick myself off the floor with a spatula, you know? I was exhausted. And so I just started creating a lot more spaciousness in the business, a lot more rest time, you know, a lot more time for me to just be myself, be in my creative energy, get inspired. And what was like the result of that in many ways? Yeah. I mean, the result of that was I actually started making a lot more money (laughs) with a lot more ease. (laughs) So yeah, when I did hit seven figures, I was like, extraordinarily relaxed (laughs) and that is the thing like I I think that is one of the biggest misconceptions I think we are sold this narrative that to become successful you have to and I'm putting that in quotation marks because I also think the narrative has defined what success is and we get to rewrite that but I think like the traditional oh I'm successful is like hustle hustle work hard burn the midnight oil get up at 5 a.m work out be be all these things to everyone and actually the narrative to be successful is money doesn't make you successful that's not what it is it's not about the doing. It's about how you're being and how you're feeling. And um, I've actually, like when Tony Robbins came on the podcast, um, he shared this and he was like, there is a reason why I end up working with these billionaires who are miserable, Danielle. He was like, they are absolutely miserable. And yet they are successful on paper. It's because they didn't define what success meant to them in the first place. And I think that's like, I'm so lucky because I get to have the most amazing conversations in this podcast, which makes me always reflect on my life. And another one that like Payal was saying with the goal setting was like, you know, don't just go into your goals, but say the words that you want to feel this year. Like, do you want to feel excited? Do you want to feel created? Do you want to feel peace? Do you want to feel like clarity? Like what are those things that you actually want to create? Because success isn't about the thing. It's about the feeling. And like, I think that's like one of the biggest realizations that I've had on this journey. And then when you feel right, you feel like you have energy. You feel like, you know, when you have conversations, you can leave someone leaving their life a little bit better. They, you've brought happiness to them because you've shown up in a good way. And that then has its own spiral effect around what you go on to create. And I think like sometimes we get this, and including myself, like we get this wrong sometimes. It's like, okay, to achieve, to do, to make money after hustle, hustle, hustle. It has to be hard. Like, and doing me wrong. Owning a business is hard. Starting a business is hard. Climbing your career is hard. I'm not saying it's not. And you also get to like draw the line and the boundaries and like what is hard and what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And I think it's really interesting when you do that, that I hear so many of these situations where then someone's business actually does take off or their career does take off because they actually start embodying and feeling so different. And then that is perceived by other people. Absolutely. And I think we need to remember that when we work on ourselves and do our own personal healing work and our spiritual work, our business naturally evolves and expands and grows from that. But if we put everything into our business and we neglect ourselves, we don't grow from that. You know, we neglect ourselves. We come up against issues in our life that we wish we'd dealt with sooner. 
you know? So the answer is always to to look within, right? Yeah. To do the work. I have two quotes that I say a lot is you're only going to be as successful as you're mentally and physically capable of being. And I mean that in the sense that like health is wealth. So if you don't have that, you really never going to feel successful because it's so, so important. And like, mentally like you really I do think that building a business or doing your career is 80% mindset and 20% skill because without the mindset of working on yourself and understanding your own emotions and really getting to know yourself like I don't think you can get to where you want to go like there Mm -hmm. has to be this self-awareness around like oh this works for me this boundary doesn't work for me. Like I need to put a boundary in place. This getting up at this time does or doesn't work for me. And the more you start owning things about yourself, the good and the bad, that's I think as well, one of the key changes. Mm -hmm. Because when you own like, oh, I'm actually really terrible at this. Someone please take me out the seat. Like I don't (laughs) want to be in this seat any longer. Mm -hmm. Like that also frees you up to do more of the things that you love and actually energize you and are in flow and maybe embody more of that feminine energy because it's more like being like when you're creating and doing the things you love, you're being versus doing. Mm, Yeah. And it's always about leaning into being more of yourself. The more you get to know yourself, the more you can really understand like, this is my strength. This is where I'm in my zone of genius. This is where I'm going to create the best work. So you're in a kind of new chapter of your life too. Talking about <laughs> feminine power. Um, you're pregnant. And I think oh that... <laughs> you just said it on the podcast. That means it's so official. That means it was on Instagram. It really is official. <laughs> oh my God. If it was yeah. on the gram, it's official. Um, I'm also really curious on how you have seen yourself maybe or maybe not changing archetypes. Mm. Is this starting to ignite more of other archetypes in you yet or not? Mm, Yeah. I mean, in many ways, I feel like I've been preparing for this chapter of my life for many years. When I started learning about the feminine archetypes, I did immediately start really seeing how I could start embodying more of the queen energy, which meant hiring the right team members as opposed to me feeling like I had to do everything myself so that I can really work a lot less and delegate a lot more. That's like a very queen thing to do, which I know you're a big fan of. And that's something that I always teach to my clients is like boundaries, delegation, you know, real taking care of your energy and knowing that that is truly sacred. You can't be everything to everyone. It's simply impossible. And so for me this year, as I am going through pregnancy, I'm needing to rest so much. Like I used to be someone that, well, I mean, I am someone that's very active usually. And in pregnancy, I have just been so tired all the time. And so I've not been able to do more than like two hours of coaching a day. Right. So yeah, it's just been a case of like, okay, this is what I'm actually able to do. I'm just going to honor my body and always put my body before my business. And I'm very grateful that I've built my business to the place where I can do that. I don't need to be doing, you know, eight hours of work a day. I think that putting your, I know you're relating it to pregnancy, but I think putting that your body first is actually really interesting and kind of alien concept to a lot of people too. Mm. You know, I was a chiropractor for so long and I would see people who, would come in absolutely crippled in pain. I'm like, how long have you been like this? Two weeks. I'm like, you've been like this, been over for two weeks? Like, yeah, I've been mm-hmm. having back pain for years and all these things. So I'm like, 
It's so interesting that we are now in a culture where having body pains or body problems is like, it's not looked at. We we like disrespect our bodies over and over again. We take Mm. them for granted. And I think like it's not until... Like pregnancy is a great emphasis for something like this because obviously like Natalie is pregnant now as we speak and like, you know, I'm sure she won't mind me saying, but like the first trimester for her was really hard and like she was really tired and I've spoke to loads of pregnant women too that were like, I just I sent one email when I was like in the first trimester, I did well. And I think that's just like a real highlight, you know, there's not time off in trimester one, like no workplace is like, oh yeah, like start your maternity now or like take time off now. Like there should be. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, yeah, this is like the beginning of your body, like completely changing and doing so much. And I think we take that for granted. And I also think if we take for, we don't really acknowledge the cycles. I'm also really interested in like, look, we all know as women, we are very much affected by our cycles, our Mm -hmm. mood changes, our body changes. Like we feel different, like all of these things. Yet we don't actually really acknowledge that. It's just like you get on with it and just do it anyway, do the damn thing anyway. But like to hear that you are like, no, if you are the first day of your cycle and you're like, you need the day off, like take it off. Like, why did you, why did you create that policy within your company? And like, what do you know about cycles and creation and the workplace that meant that Mm. you felt that was the best decision for your company? I mean, yeah, like just being in my first trimester, I've been like, I cannot believe I don't, I don't know how women are being forced to work and show up in, in nine to fives and just carry on as if nothing is changing because we're literally growing an entire human body inside of our human body. I know some days like, <laughs> Natalie's like, I, I grew a toe today and like, yeah, you did, that exactly. was impressive. That's, I grew a heart today. Exactly. And that is more important yeah. than all of the things on our to-do list, right? And so sometimes all this looks like is instead, like just being forgiving of ourselves, right? And not beating ourselves up, right? We might have like five things on our to-do list. And if we only get through one of them, why don't we just celebrate ourselves and be like, you know what? It's day one of my period or, you know, I'm not feeling my best today. I'm really tired. So I'm actually pretty happy with that rather than like, oh my God, I cannot believe I only did one thing on my to-do list, right? It's all about how we talk to ourselves. So I think if women can get in the habit of celebrating themselves for every little thing, instead of it always feeling like not enough, that's a really good starting point, you know, like really honoring our bodies and honoring our cycles can really just look like not expecting too much of ourselves all the time. In our menstrual cycle, we go through four of the female archetypes. We go through the maiden, which is like the first week after our period when we have a lot of energy. We go through the mother next, which is the second week, which is when our ovulation time is. So that's when we're the most fertile. That's when we're in the mother energy. Mm. Then we go into the wild woman, which is when we are wild, <laughs> when we are as as we would commonly known it as PMS, when we're like a lot more, can be a lot more irritable, triggered, unfiltered, right? Mm-hmm. And then we'll go into the crone or the wise woman during our period, which is often when we want to be a hermit. We want to be more internal. And so the first two weeks of our cycle, the maiden and the mother are a lot more outward. They're a lot more external. We can actually accomplish a lot more in those first two weeks of our cycle than we can the second two weeks of our cycle. So even just knowing that can help us go, okay, if I'm doing like the biggest launch of the year, maybe I'm going to make sure that I do it when I'm ovulating and not when I'm on my period because I know that I'm going to have a lot more energy. This is like, I feel like, I mean, I hope people are listening to this game and like, 
oh my God, she is so right. Some people might be listening to this going, I know this, but I actually hadn't heard it explained that way before. And now I'm like literally relating. Like I was going to say this is TMI, but it's really not because this podcast is like, we share everything. But yeah, like for sure, like right now, I feel like I have so much energy. I'm getting so much done, even like my confidence. So I'm like week one. Mm. So I'm like my confidence, I'm doing more, like everything's getting done. I'm like, wow, I'm crushing it. But like last week I was like, oh, I'm really not yeah. great at this. So like, it's great. You're doing these podcasts yeah. in a good oh, time okay. for you, this right? Gonna record. Whereas like if you were to do if you were to try and be doing podcasts when you are like on, on your period or in the week before, you'd probably be finding it harder to, to come up with the words. You wouldn't really want to be as talkative, as sociable because your body's telling you to, to rest and go inwards. So that's the time for like journaling, self-reflection. You know what? I had not realized this coming into this podcast, but what I think now is unlocking your feminine power for me is really understanding yourself understanding that your body is a season it has a cycle at some points it feels this at other points it feels this and that goes with your mind too and it's okay that we have PMS and it's okay that we'll have times when we want to be a hermit and it's okay that we have times we are extrovert and want to be out there and it's also okay that every single one of us is going to go through phases of our lives where sometimes we're more the maiden sometimes we're more the mother sometimes we're more the wild woman and I think the big thing for me is like, this hasn't, I thought I was going to do this podcast with you and I was going to find a ticket to unlocking female power, which was step by step by step, do these things. But instead- (laughs) What a masculine formula you were looking for. (laughs) Exactly, right? But instead it's like, you have all that within you. You Mm -hmm. just have to tune in, listen to your intuition, know that your body is not always going to function the same Mm -hmm. every single week, every single day, accept that. And also really just know like, it's okay that sometimes you'll have these amazing- like parts of you know and sometimes it's okay that you have the shadow and you get to work on all of these things and maybe that for me like that for me I think I've definitely had periods of my life where I have been very much in my masculine energy and I think I'm going into more of a season now I'm starting to really tune into more of my feminine energy and that for me was the biggest takeaway I'm like oh I have all this I have all this power in there and the power is giving myself time to listen to my body who I am and my mind. So thank you. You freed me from my having to write notes on the whole thing. This is how I started. <laughs> Amazing. I'm I'm so happy to hear that. And you know, I want everyone to take that away from this is that like I bet you have never met a one-dimensional woman right? We are all so multifaceted and so multidimensional. And that is okay. And also that's Not also a narrative. Okay. It's that's incredible. Amazing. You're right. It's like, we are superheroes. We are incredible. We are so multidimensional. Mm. That is such a superpower. And, but also the narrative I think is like, the narrative is like, oh, they have PMS or, oh, they're in their sick versus like, oh, mm. like it, it's, it again, I think it, it really is like coming down to that social and media aspects that we're taught versus like, oh yeah, cool. I have PMS right now, you know. I mean, I would even like completely to remove that label and just be like, I'm in my wild woman phase. Ooh, I like that. I'm just in my wild woman, right? I love that. So there's nothing to be afraid of. It's just, we all go through the wild woman phase and these different four phases that we go through in our cycle also relate to the seasons, spring, summer, autumn, winter. 
you know, spring and summer, we have a lot more energy. We want to be out and about socializing autumn, winter, a lot more internal reflection. My goodness. I love this. Thank you so much, Mal. I feel like so many people will have listened to this and, you know, hopefully they're like, okay, I'm going to be still a little minute and I'm going to tune in. And I know there'll be like so many things to take away from this. So I would love for you to share your handles, mm-hmm. um, handles or handle where people can find you. And then also I want us to put some links because I want, I, I know so many people are going to want to take that test for sure. So first of all, share your IG. Yes, my IG is I am Mel Wells. And obviously mine's at Danielle Canty. And also for you guys, share your favorite takeaways with us. Like mm. I love hearing what people have like taken away from this podcast for sure. And then also we're going to put some links in the descriptions and the show notes, all those places on like where they can find more information about you, where they can take the test all the things amazing so thank you so much and if you're not already follow Mal because she is very inspirational to follow you're like very like I don't know I enjoy watching your stories you do a great job around giving so many different like aspects of your life and like the dimensions and I think a lot of women perhaps who have been very much in their masculine will definitely maybe initially watch your stories and be like oh hang on a minute like this is new this is not maybe who I normally would follow but I would really encourage them to watch your stories particularly as you go on this new journey as well which I think is going to be opening up another side of you which I'm excited to see thank you so much Danielle I love and appreciate you so much thank you for coming on thank you If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you subscribed and left us a review. Let us know what you enjoyed, what your main takeaways were, and who you'd like to see appear on the show. As a special thanks, we'll send you a copy of our Boss Babe 25. Now, this is an awesome resource. It's the 25 essential things that you need for personal and professional growth. We've included everything from must-have products to books to rituals. This guide literally covers it all, and I know you're going to love it. So if you want your copy, simply leave us a review and then send a screenshot of your review to podcast at bossbabe.com.